Trump is very good at not paying bills. Famously, he will he will push the bills yes. off. Uh, and the other part of this is that he's trying to get the Republican National Committee to declare him the, the presumptive nominee, which uh, they haven't done yet. At that point, he'll have the RNC paying for a lot of his legal bills again. I mean, he's had his PAC Ooh. paying for it. So Trump's own money is not, it might not might not ever go to much of this. Uh, that's That's been his, his agenda, really, since he got into politics and he had legal problems, is to get political operations to pay for him or use his power to make it go away. What's happening, good people? Welcome to the Bituation Room on a Tuesday, February 20th, or whenever you might be listening to this. As you might hear, I am recovering from a throat thing. Uh, And um, yesterday I was not even able to appear on the damage report, which I usually am on on Mondays. So I'm going to be going through all of the stages of puberty for the next hour and change. Um, and or like auditioning for some sort of, you know, modern 900 number. Um, so bear with me. Uh, I've unwrapped all of my lozenges like a good, uh, you know, uh, opera goer uh, beforehand. Um, no, I don't have any lozenges. But um, yes, thank you so much for being here. We've got a great show. Comedian Brooke Van Poplin is here, people. Uh, first time or first time. Bituator. Very excited to have her. We're going to talk about updates from Gaza and then DeSantis. Ron DeSantis walking away from his uh, his book ban or, or his we'll see if he's actually walking away from his book banning. Um, then later, Dave Weigel, a reporter for Semaphore, is here to talk about the continued uh, continued uh, unfolding of primary season, uh, Trump's massive um, financial, uh, it's not even a settlement, just penalty, $363 million plus 100 mil in interest that he has to pay. We're going to talk about Nikki Haley, and then we're going to talk about, you know, some centrist pundits calling for Joe Biden to step down. What does he make of that? What is that? What do we make of a brokered convention? Before we get all get to all of that, people, remember, subscribe to this channel right now on YouTube. Uh, subscribe over on Twitch. Like the like button and click that little alarm so you know when we're going live. Rate the podcast. Give it five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, also, remember. This is not the only show. We have Friday bonus shows, which are free to stream live, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. But if you want to watch them back, if you want to listen back, you got to be either a member on YouTube or Twitch or, my personal preference, a patron of the show. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room is where you go. You support the show. Mama gets a better cut. You get ad-free content because, yes, I'm starting to run ads on the show. Ad-free content um for your ear holes and your eye holes um and access to those special bonus episodes on friday we talked about ezra klein's case for biden to step down we talked about matt gates having a new witness testifying to um the fact that he pays underage girls to have sex with him and other appetizing subjects so what are you waiting for there's also discounts on the american prospect magazine uh which supports this show and um 20% 20% off on all merchandise, our Frantifa shirts, our Bituation Room logo shirts, uh, working on other things. I promise we've got bitch caps and we've got um, 
franny packs coming at some point. And finally, remember, if you're in the Sacramento area, Matt Lieb and I are going to be doing a show on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. Get tickets. We're co-headlining. It'll be so, so good. Um, So do not sleep on that. There should be a link in the bio. And with that, let's get into it, y'all. What are you bitching about? So, um, quickly, I am bitching about something that just sort of slid under the radar this weekend. Um, and it kind of keeps me up at night, like it, like, which is this supposed AI revolution and how, as we've talked about on this show, it is ultimately a way to undermine, um, writers and, uh, creatives and artists and graphic designers. And as we know now, um, CG artists as well and designers. So it's a way to further undermine the workforce. It's a way to innovate if you are a one percenter capitalist um, who is looking to shed your workforce. Um, And that's so sad. I mean, truly capitalism is the reason we can't have real innovation. We can't have real advancements. And I was struck by this headline the other day, which announced that Reddit is selling, well, it's signing a $60 million annual deal. It's about to go public, right? Signing this $60 million deal with an AI company. Now, we don't know what AI company. It doesn't really matter. But basically, the AI company will be scraping all of our data, all of our comments, all of the things we might have been contributing to this community for years and years and years, right? Now, the reason that pisses me off is because that's our work, right? When we want to weigh in on the best swaddling techniques for your newborn baby, or we want to talk about other motherhood things like breastfeeding. I'm really big on the slash. I don't even know what the slash is, but the slash breastfeeding. um, Like it's been really helpful when we want to weigh in about the final season of The Crown, when we want to weigh in about literally anything, you know, a little, a community for our favorite podcasts, all of the stuff that we have freely contributed to an open internet in with the idea that we're contributing to a community that is learning from us, that isn't about paying or exchanging, essentially just sort of an intellectual barter system, that this shit is actually being privatized, is being mined, and that's all of our data. That is our data. That is our, those are our ideas. Those are our thoughts. And they're going to be regurgitated back to us and sold back to us. So not only potentially violating our privacy, which sure, I don't know, maybe we waived it all when we started participating in Reddit. Um, Every single company is doing the same. Spotify is doing the same. Um, We know that Facebook and, and Meta have done the same. If you're insistent on replacing us while mining our brains, uh, pay us, pay us money, give us universal basic income, give us some kind of um, like (coughs) compensation. That's what I'm bitching about. Uh, I'm bitching about the fact that these, you know, there is no more of an open internet. It doesn't exist anymore. 
And um, we actually need to break up big tech, but for real, not for right wing causes. We need to nationalize a lot of these platforms, nationalize social media, get rid of the profit incentive and profit motive. And yeah, have universal basic income for all. And with that, here to help me out of my of my uh, predicament, although I feel I feel like I think like my saliva glands are like summoning, summoning others there. They're just there's like monkeys in my throat banging together and they're getting there. So I feel lube happening. Sorry. Um, but she's a, a L.A. based comic actress, writer, co-host of the long running show Hack My Life. Uh, you can stream on HBO Max and she's a co-host of the Sidework podcast. Please welcome Brooke Van Poplin. I've never felt more called to help someone right now. Oh my God. With the watermelon shirt. If you're listening, Brooke is donning this beautiful shirt with painted watermelons. Thank Obviously, you. In solidarity with um, Ryan Style, who Harry Styles, right? Oh yeah. I knew that. I'm for sure up on my Styles watch. Your um, watermelon sugar high on Palestine liberation. Um, Brooke, how are you? Thank you. Welcome to this goddamn yeah. show. Yeah. I, we start the show the same way. And usually I take it up a notch, but I literally cannot by asking what you're bitching about today. Well, first of all, uh, I just did like a whirlwind trip to see my family in the Detroit area. And I, uh, I took an overnight flight. That bitch doesn't land at, you know, 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning. It's a short flight. So it drops you on the ground in Michigan at 4.45 a.m. Oh, God. <laughs> it's brutal. And then I barely slept, came back, and I've been, I'm coming in hot back in L.A. But I truly, um, I had the throat thing myself. And um, you might want to double check, stay on top of it. It ended up being strep for me after I had COVID. It was a one-two punch of feeling beautiful and you know, just Matt vibrant. Had, Matt had strep. I'm. I think I'm like over the hill, but it's definitely more of a laryngitis. Ugh. Ugh. Well, you so talk a lot nice. for a living, you know. I do. I do. Maybe I should shut up. <laughs> it's. I blame. It's a Mossad op, clearly. <laughs> um. But yeah. I, so I'm coming in hot. So maybe I missed that Reddit headline because that hurts me too. Like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like. One of my favorite accounts is called We Want Plates. Have you ever <laughs> seen this? No. Oh, my God. I mean, it is because like my, my side work podcast, it's all about service industry and fighting for tip-based workers' rights and all that good stuff. But you need somewhere to go and complain about your employers and your customers. And Reddit is a safe haven for everyone in the service industry who either works back of house or front of house to 100% mock every tool who comes in to the restaurant demanding this, demanding that. It was a safe space for people to complain and have sort of like free therapy during the height of COVID when we put our service workers right in the line of fire with no insurance, making $2.13 an hour possibly. So the fact then that they can go and mine all of what we've put up there, you know, like I said, you you and breastfeeding Reddit, like <laughs> me and making fun of fancy restaurants who we want plates is really, really funny. It's the kind of restaurant you go to that like brings you your French fries in a flower pot sort of nonsense. And so it, it's just like, we want plates. Like, please just put it on a plate. Like, you know, um, that's great. It's, it's a I great mean, one. 
and that's the other thing is like it's gonna be mined for creative use too. So it's the it's funniest not a- people I've ever anonymously hung out with in my life. They are yes. funnier than any comedian I've ever met. Twenty one years in this business. Yes. Reddit is where the funny is. Um, is this what you're bitching about? Or is there something? No, but related? I just had to add on. I could just I, do a real quick hot take on Well, something. I think everyone has that community for themselves, no matter yes. how like niche or not niche. And it's like like again, it's it's fine. I like that it exists, but like I don't want it to be then yeah, like bought and sold. And then w- with like what what do we get? Like uh like what kind of fucking dividend is there in this AI company for us as they, you know, use it to like give us, you know, fake partners in the future or some shit. I don't know what they're doing. No, with it. no. It's um, it's it's all of our actual sweat equity doing these thankless service jobs and then mining our sweat equity for our place that's our safe space, you know, to be funny and make fun of everyone and then you make money. Like it's wild to me. Um, not here for it. Don't like what are we gonna have to do? Start with the clandestine clandestine meetings in person again? Are we gonna have to hang out in yeah, person? Yeah, don't make us yeah, don't make us in the same room. Actually, I'd love that. Ugh. No, you should be, be here otherwise. But I mean, other, but I would be coughing on you if you were here. So, yeah, but I'm anyway. Good. But what else are you bitching um, about, Brooke? Tell me. So, okay. So on the flight back, because I know we're going to get into multiple topics today. And, and you know, I kind of cried out to you over text where I'm like, are you guys home? Can you talk to me? I'm having a mental breakdown about Gaza, you know? And you very friendly, were very friendly in saying like, why don't you have a full breakdown uh, in public on the situation room, you know? So here we are. Um, oh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I was flying back and I I love my the thing I'm bitching about is I freaking miss Anthony Bourdain so much. I religiously I comfort watch no reservations, the layover um, parts unknown. And I working and really loving people who work in food like, you know, who have multiple multi-million dollar shows and get to learn all the cultures and the food who've been really, really quiet about Palestine. And Anthony would not have been quiet about this situation at all. Um, I think if anyone's looking for comfort, uh, I really recommend season two, episode one of Parts Unknown. It's He goes to Palestine for the first time and the West Bank and Gaza. This nice. was 11 years ago, right? And I think it's very eye-opening, too, because he walks into a West Bank settlement where he has people taking him in. He goes, I know colonizers when I see them right to their face and has the most uncomfortable freaking meal with them. I mean, he still breaks bread, but like actively nervous (laughs) settlers having dinner with Anthony, who was like shooting daggers at them. So I just miss outspoken, no Fs given people because we love food and food brings us together and... I'm sitting here going like, come on, Padma. Any minute now, Padma. I It's so funny because I actually happen to be re-watching both of those. I was watching No Reservations and uh, um, Parts Unknown. And it is so it is so comforting. It gets a little dark at the end because you're like, oh, <laughs> homie really needs help. Yes. But And you're just like, please, somebody, please go to therapy. I can't believe you're not in therapy. But I agree with you. And um, – and I, I haven't even seen that episode, so I would love because because you know, anyway, it's such a also a, a like good on ramp into thinking about issues like you know 
colonialism or the Israel-Palestine conflict as it was once known and as we need to talk about it as an occupation. Right. Um, sort of demystifying that um, because there's like shots of delicious food. Um, and and I know that you worked in a Lebanese restaurant. Is that correct? For oh a long time. Oh my gosh. Time. It was, I mean, and when they're Lebanese restaurants, that means the staff is from everywhere because it's usually like a safe haven in the Detroit area. We have the largest Arab American and Muslim population outside of the Middle East. Um, that's just, we, I, my whole family got together and we did what we always do, which is get like a meza of just kebab and, you know, baba ganoush and all, all the goodies. And I wanted to post about it online, but like I'm so torn up about the hunger happening and the food deprivation. And, but like we, it, there's the part of me that's like we're supporting Arab, you know, restaurants and businesses. And I eat the food out of like lifelong love um, for the culture and the people that I've had the pleasure of, you know, they welcome me into my families, you know, from everywhere. And the food is just like, it's the best and it's hard to find out here. But you're also sitting here like, ugh, do like posting a video of like a humongous spread when people are eating grass and digging through the trash. Oh I my just, God. You know, I made, I made mujadara the other day. It's my favorite. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't follow a great recipe. It wasn't my favorite version of mujadara, which is basically guys like uh, lentils and rice and a ton of onions. Yeah, caramelized um, but, and burnt, all the oh, kinds. So good. And I was thinking about like, kind of like in honor of, you know, the people of Gaza, sort of, I don't know, in some whatever way of prayer that I don't do. But right. let's move on into this week. Because um, a lot happened, but in my book, we're just going to break down two things. But like one of those things is pretty big. This is the week where... So this was the week where uh, the U.S. once again vetoed a U.N. resolution for ceasefire in Gaza for the third time, because uh, apparently now they have their own ceasefire resolution. It's temporary, but the U.S. says they're going to be putting it forward. And according to officials, they're going to really scare Israel this time. This time they really, ooh, they're going to, ooh, it's just a really like the brows are going to be beating real hard with this mm -hmm. resolution. Um, when are they putting their resolution up for a vote? Later, um, not now. Mm -hmm but later. Um, but just you wait, because it's going to be good. Now, again, part of their the U.S.'s resolution, they say, is that they're going to have strong words against Israel's imminent invasion of Rafah, ground invasion. Obviously, we've already seen the aerial invasion, um, which is, if you're just tuning in, the last holdout in Gaza in the south, around 1.5 million Palestinians see, seeking refuge or are there have been having been displaced from elsewhere. Um, Israel's now imposed a March 10th deadline for Hamas to return all the hostages or it's going to do this ground invasion in Rafah. Now, March 10th is also conveniently when Ramadan. Mm -hmm. starts. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's lovely and super on brand for Israel goes above and beyond um, to be cruel. Um, now, we know, Brooke, like Hamas is not going to unconditionally release hostages without there first being a ceasefire. We're just forgetting the whole like order of operations, cart before the horse type shit. And that's <coughs> very much on purpose. Israel has no real uh, intention of not invading Rafa. Like it's come this far. They know that they're not, we've, we've seen that they're not serious about saving hostages. We're, they're not serious about hostages lives because they don't actually want to ceasefire first. They're putting up this 
you return all hostages or else we're going to ethnically cleanse. Now, Brooke, what do you think happens if Hamas agrees and they give up however many hostages are still alive, which we don't know? What do you think Israel would do? I mean, just wait for the twist. They'll get what they want. A story will then come out of some other horrible anti-Semitic, you know, misdeed that has happened, which then justifies just finishing the job. I mean, like we got, we got this far. I mean, we may as well. It's probably going to be like a student at Columbia, like talking (laughs) about like uh, ending the occupation. And we're like, that's it. Um, Yeah, no, they, this, the plan is the recolonization of Gaza. There is nothing left of Gaza. Who would rebuild Gaza? Uh, Israel's already said they will not. The United States has admitted that they will not. We talked about that last week. Um, who's going to accept the refugees? We know right. they're pushed up against the border with Egypt and that there are tanks amassing on that border. So this is all so volatile. And this is this is like, again, I cannot, with my voice, be as outraged as I, I need to be. But these are critical days. These are so crit- these days are where the United States actions could actually make a difference. Now, will a resolution in a week about not, you know, not doing a ground invasion and a temporary ceasefire, is that what's going to work in the UN? I don't know. I I fucking sorry, ooh, I wasn't going to swear. I truly doubt it that, that that is going to be the difference. Um but Biden uh has said that he again that he's against this ground invasion and they and yet they are now sending more weapons more to money. Israel. Mm-hmm. This is again beyond congressional approval uh, on just another round of weapons. Um, because that'll teach them when you want to teach someone a lesson, um, when you want them to stop, you know, like in class, <laughs> yes. like you know, like throwing spitballs, you give them a lot of paper straws wrapping so like stop throwing spitballs here's all this spitball material it truly is like an episode of the classic show intervention where the parents keep giving their child housing and money for drugs and you know nobody learns uh it ends in disaster and you know the way that we are oh just like for me like in my desperation of just trying to, at the very least, like appeal to um, people who are like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, put uh, Israel or Palestine aside. Are you upset that you can barely afford gas? And when I say you, I'm also saying myself, I've Mm -hmm. had deeply terrible four years with steady employment and the way that our economy here in the U.S., specifically living in Los Angeles, like the cost of living is so outrageous. Um, But to be like, I literally just have to appeal to their pocketbooks saying like, do you want $85 that could be an entire grocery run um, to go to a bomb or shells that kill children uh, in Gaza? Does that sound good? Like, like, do you want 85 of your own dollars going to a foreign country, period? That's so messed up. And if yes. that's the end point to at least hit Americans, like, I mean, it's very much the way uh, our, our pres- presidents run, you know? like I we- wish, and I wish we had Democrats making the case that you're making, right? And we have some of them, but it's an election year, and even the ones who've spoken out, like the squad, know that the Israel lobby is coming for them to the tune right. of, you know, hundred million dollars. Um, so 
it is a t no one is making that point. In fact, the people in power making the point, sadly, for the wrong reasons, are Republicans saying don't give money to Ukraine. Right. And, and so that and obviously they're super in favor of sending money to Israel. That's not even un, in question. But I think the other thing to, to your point is there's never a how are we going to pay for it? Well, how are we going to I don't know. Like, you know, bombs aren't paid for in bombs. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. There's, like there's money behind it. Right. Um, but no, when nobody asks, we're going to pay for it. But when we talk about a universal health care system in this country and joining uh, the first world, suddenly right. we're we're dreamers. We're um, big dreamers. Right. And you're like, how much money is to be made by continuing the war? Because at this point, like we all know that America, like there's profit to be made, you know, in terms of arms and war. It's a great money making opportunity. Yes. Um, and it's disgusting and embarrassing. Let's go to Nancy Pelosi. Speaking of disgusting and embarrassing, oh. <laughs> um, who was at the Munich Security Conference uh, over the weekend and spoke with DW News. And here she is denying that there is a connection between selling and giving Israel more weapons um, and the atrocities that we see playing out uh, on the ground in Gaza. She's effectively washing her hands of any responsibility. Take a look. Isn't the danger for the U.S. that if you don't like what Israel is doing and the president has made it clear that some of what Israel is doing he doesn't like That's right. and, and you go on supplying them with hardware to do those things, you own this operation every bit as much as they do, don't no, you? No, we don't. We don't. We have always supported Israel as our national security friend, largely because it was in our interest to do so. At largely because it was in Jusa. We had shared values that only democracy uh, in the region. Uh, the behavior of Netanyahu is, in my view, inexcusable in terms of how it has affected the collateral damage to children and families and the rest. But nobody can take away the right of any country to defend itself that has been brutally attacked in that way. Uh, the uh, 28,000 Palestinian lives is more than self-defense, yeah. isn't it? It's more than self-defense. Well, their goal, is, and I just saw um, uh, President Herzog, for whom I have enormous respect, and uh, I said, how are, you know, how are things? And he basically said, we just have a couple more steps and then we'll be through this. So that sounded optimistic to me that they think that it is in reach to rid Gaza of Hamas. Brooke, does that sound optimistic to you that we only have a couple more steps couple, couple. and then we'll be through this? I'm sorry, just a quick follow up. On what? On what's the couple goal, the ultimate step. goal? So, right, the final solution, just a few more steps, Nance. Do you think it was Chardonnay drunk or is she more of a gin drunk this time? Oh, around? definitely gin. Feeling oh, she like was I in Munich? Wait, yeah. could have been a hearty pilsner. <laughs> God damn it. I, uh, again, my voice will not allow me to get as angry as I am when I watch that clip. I want to remind everyone that Isaac Herzog, the president of Israel, is also the guy who said that this idea of innocent civilians in Gaza doesn't exist. That right. was early. That mm -hmm. was like weeks after the initial attack, right? Was get it out of your head that there's a difference between Hamas and civilians. Right. So when she says that the goal is getting rid of Hamas from Gaza, what Israeli leadership says and knows and the IDF knows is it's getting 
rid of Palestinians in Gaza. Right. Getting rid of their infrastructure, getting rid of their water sources, getting rid of their hospitals, getting rid of their schools, getting rid of their universities, getting rid of their refugee camps, getting rid of them, getting rid of everything. Like, so I swear to God, ooh, I swear to God, Brooke, because I'm like, I'm like this close on a, like, on a Trump Biden, I don't give up. You know what I mean? Like they are, but when I see Nancy Pelosi in her goddamn lavender Manolo Blahniks, cause you know, they are sitting there being like, well, you know, and they're almost through it and they're almost, I'm like, I will never support these centrist Dems ever again. Like it, it I'm so angry, makes me so angry how out of touch they are. Brooke, two thirds of Democrats believe in an immediate ceasefire. Right. What are we doing? No, I, I what we're what we're unfortunately doing is doing the democratic thing, which is actually questioning um, our leaders and holding them accountable, which the Republican Party never does. But you're saying like in while we try to hold them accountable or decide not to, um, you know, uh, give them our votes anymore, uh, that we do ultimately like harm all of our own lives by right. doing the right thing and by being like, you know, but I, I am just like, whoa, like me since 2016 to where I am now with all of these people is um, I feel I've had a radical departure um, <laughs> specifically in the last few months, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I also like, like, I think the thing too that I keep like when you were saying that Israel has just decimated any you know, where you're like, wait, Hamas is in, um, you know, the library that holds, you know, the traditions and of Palestine and their history. Um, Hamas was inside that, you know, old dusty book, you know, that right. And Hamas keeps, was inside a woman's underwear drawer. Right. And just the idea too, that along with conveniently Mein Kampf. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but nothing like, gets me in the mood. Than, an old, than, than a passage from Mein Kampf. But, yeah, exactly. You put it in your uh, lingerie drawer um, and, uh, you know, Valentine's Day rolls around. Anyway. Well, I'm just saying like that, and I know we've got to get to our guest and, and a few other headlines, but like like if you really truly believe the land is yours and that it is like your inherited birthright and why would you treat it that way? Why would you treat a land that you think is so inherently yours like garbage and burn down people's olive farms, olive tree farms and raise the land to the ground because you love your homeland supposedly so much. It's it, yeah. Even worse because it's God who gave it to you. Like, would you really right. do this to God's land? I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, quickly, uh, Pelosi did continue and sort of echoed again, her, her disdain for protesters who believe in ending genocide. I don't hear a lot of the people and they're outside my house almost every day, but nobody cares about that. And I don't mean to make that a big thing, but I just hear them uh, saying, free the hostages. I don't hear any of them saying Hamas is a terrorist organization. I hear them praising Hamas. I hear them ignoring the hostages. So there's a lot of, uh, shall we say, uh, behavior we all have to address. Yeah, there's behavior. I think it's really important to tone police um, some of the protesters. What's funny about this is that um, it, it's almost like there aren't enough protesters outside of Nancy Pelosi's home. If she isn't hearing, hearing. them say, 
to uh, that they don't praise Hamas, hearing them say you should save hostages' lives, hearing them say you should create an immediate ceasefire so you can do exactly that. So I think they should keep going. In fact, one of the things that they did, these protesters outside Um, of Nancy Pelosi's home, was dump a whole lot of horse manure outside of it. Now, with honestly, like, kind of a very thoughtful gesture, putting it on a tarp. Uh, mm-hmm. or obviously, you got to bring it in a certain way. But now I just want to, there's a there's a there's an image of, of someone with a sign that says, Nancy Pelosi, enough with this shit. I just want to praise the people who did this. This is not only a beautiful direct action, but let me tell you right now, Nancy Pelosi lives on a hill in Pack Heights, Pacific Heights for specific whites. We all know it. And it's not easy to get manure up a hill, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming they drove it, but either way, not easy to get manure up a hill, but there it is, so beautiful. And I can only remember, like, Nancy Pelosi's more mad at pro-Palestinian protesters than she was at the dude that, like, entered her yeah. home and hit her husband with a hammer and put him in the hospital. Like, this is where we're at with these folks. Like, they're more mad at, like, left-wingers who want peace than right-wingers who want you dead. Just wild. Um, but yeah, once again, Nancy Pelosi. Symbolism too, that the shit rolls downhill, you know? So <laughs> exactly. Let's move on quickly. Cause this is just such a del- delicious, delicious. I said it story. This was the week where Ron DeSantis, after giving up the fight against Mickey Mouse and then giving up, um, his run for president seems to now be backing away from his signature policy that Parental Rights and Education Law, shorthand for all the book bans. Here he is explaining that maybe folks have taken it too far, but like they're doing it on purpose. Listen to this like sniveling little bitch. ...of any type of Florida law. You saw some of the books that, quote, were challenged or that the media ran with things that are not in any way in violation of any type of Florida law, Uh, things ranging from things like the biography of Roberto Clemente, which not only was something that is is welcome, it was actually on uh, the book of the month for the Florida Department of Education. Uh, You've seen people. It was on Oprah's book club for a while, in fact. Like, I love how he's like, it was the book of the month. Oh, okay, oh, the book of the month. Okay, book of the month. Great. People challenge the Bible. You've seen. Yeah, but by your standards, the Bible absolutely should be out of schools. Like, for general state and uh, church purposes, number one, but also all the like rape and isn't there incest and like murder and turning people uh, into pillars of salt? Exactly. Oh my God, that's super woke dictionaries and that like oh my gosh in florida you had a teacher i think in 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 bradenton area that put paper over all the books oh the state law we're not allowed that this is fraudulent but what it is is it's trying to obscure the reason why parents have been concerned with the things that people saw which are clearly not appropriate and they're basically trying to just confuse the issue to act like somehow that classic works are somehow uh, not welcome. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, So this is all theater. This is all performative. uh, And it really has no place in our school system. And so uh, today, uh, I'm proud to be able to direct the Department of Education to take appropriate action uh, to deal with some of the bad actors who are intentionally depriving students of rightful education by politicizing this process. 
Yeah, Brooke, don't politicize no. the banning of books. Don't politicize uh, when mm. we get rid of Toni Morrison, when we get rid of James Baldwin, when we get rid of, uh, you know, Judith Butler or any queer or LGBTQ plus uh, story. Just don't politicize it. Okay. Right. Don't don't the, make it like your platform for your campaign. Like, exactly. Don't do that. Exactly. This is not political at all. These are just bad faith actors. Like it is so amazing the amount of projection that and and how he just named exactly what his law does it is all theater meant for bad actors hello moms of liberty uh or moms for liberty right, right. or however many i don't know it depends on like however many threesomes or like pedophiles are hiding in that group where you want to be like that's the worst book club i've ever been to <laughs> moms oh of exactly liberty. Mom, you know, it's, it's, it is for bored ass, like Chardonnay drunk soccer moms, uh, with way too, yes, way too much time on their hands. And it is all political. That's all this entire thing. But he's basically like, don't clown the system. Okay. The Bible's still fine. Like, you know, this is all, yeah, I see what you're doing. And it's like, nobody, but by your standards, unless you're explicit, just say it's about gay stuff just say that right. just it's say about it's about civil stuff, rights history just say stuff um, exactly you know his stop woke plan i mean what who's his campaign i mean the creativity in in that name stop woke um it got to a point too where i was reading on in the article that it got so far that one of his school districts banned dictionaries Exactly. He's saying that, oh, <laughs> and that's then I was like, No, they didn't. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't. Well, well, but dictionary has a definition for penis and anal and threesome and uh, gay. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. There's like and also if you consider the word gay, like as like part of like a prefix or a suffix or like a compound, gays everywhere. And by yes. also by is everywhere. There's by is mm -hmm. a prefix to a lot of words. And those mm -hmm. words are gay by association. And, um, you know, and they, they, they indoctrinate our children. So it's just well, grooming obviously. books, books, just groom. You know what my favorite part about the dictionary bands are is, uh, uh, raise your hand. If you absolutely looked up dirty words in the dictionary, I did it all the time. Yes. I would, of course, I would be like, what was anus? And it's like the, you know, like, uh, <laughs> the end point to the long intestine and all this. I was like, that's boring. Oh, my Encyclopedia Britannica's. It was great. We had our Encyclopedia Britannica's open for my eight-year-old niece while we were visiting. And you're like, all right, some of this is certainly like a little outdated, but it's still awesome. And let them make up their own mind. Let them read. These brains are sponges. They can handle all the things coming in. So he's basically, I mean, what's so funny is that he's walking away from this instead of he he's he, I don't think he's truly walking away from, but it seems like he knows that it's being taken out of context, which it is. Uh -huh. And ultimately, I think that the Department of Ed will find that the entire law is BS. The entire law is used by bad faith actors that have different rules depending on whether the book is Christian and hetero enough. Right. Well, and he's backtracking because there are also lawsuits being brought against him now. Right. So, I mean, and I think he mentioned, too, that he's like, he's like, I would support a program that if you bring up a, to ban a book in bad faith and it doesn't meet the tenets for this already BS, 
you know, situation we've created that we can charge you up to $100. And I'm sitting here going like, remember when we used to challenge kids to summer reading and would give them money to like read? And instead now we're in a place in time where we might fine you $100 for your bogus (laughs) book ban attempt. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, Brooke, the kids really are reading a lot. I'm not sure if you checked in with kids in the year 2024. Voracious readers. They don't even care about video games or their phones. Like TikTok, never heard of it. My niece put down her Switch, you know, um, 100% to just sit in the corner and silently read. 100%. (laughs) Let's bring in our guest. Um, he is a writer dig- diligently covering politics for Semaphore, and he previously wrote for the Washington Post, Slate, and more, and he's been a guest on this show. Please welcome Dave Weigel. Dave, Hello. how are you? I'm great. This is my first show with these new silly-looking Apple things. I mean, you can hear me. I just, I just well, definitely feel like— at least they don't like... go over your eyes, though, right? Yeah, I just feel like I'm like the first pilot shot down in a World War II movie wearing these things. I usually wear the little you ones. Sh- they're um they're really sleek. They're very Apple. Can I ask you a question? Is your mic also coming from your headphones or no? Should it? I can change that. No, no, no. Please don't. You okay. sound great. I was just wondering because like oh, it is, maybe it they is, finally. Yes. Oh, it sounds nice. It's not bad. Yeah. So are you gonna throw down on some Apple Vision Pros? You, no. you got four thousand dollars to burn? No, I'm I'm really against those. I I I think this is the last new product I'm gonna buy, and then I'm just gonna be a luddite from now on. I like music. I don't like I don't. I don't want the floating screens. Did did no one else go through the pandemic where all we could do was look at screens? Honestly, <laughs> I need some fresh fucking air. Yeah. Um, Dave, this is Brooke. Brooke, Dave, let's get into a few different topics. I want to talk about Trump and then I want to talk about Haley and Biden sort of in that order. Um, but Trump, the big news is that he lost this civil fraud case in New York. Right. He's got to pay like $363 million plus $100 million interest. Plus the E. Jean Carroll, 80-some million dollars. Dude is hurting. He's hurting. Um, and he's pissed. Like, this is the case that he truly didn't want to lose because it's like, yeah, your whole empire is built on lies. But what do you make of this? Like, what do you make of the civil fraud case? Is it going to break through the, to the MAGA base? Do you Can you technically have enough money? Like, is he just, like, fine money-wise to roll him through November? Uh, well, that's a good question because he claims that he is. There are ways to delay these sort of payments. And the stated Trump plan that a lot of Republicans have gone along with is delay everything, appeal everything, win the presidency, pardon yourself, and then boom, these go away somehow. Uh, the plan yes, is just to never. I mean, Trump is is very good and has been. Like this should be an objective statement, even if you're for some reason like like a mega a mega guy who accidentally is watching this. If you love Trump, you have to admit that he's very good at not paying bills. Famously, he will he will push the bills yes. off. Uh, and the other part of this is that he's trying to get the Republican National Committee to declare him the, the presumptive nominee, which uh, they haven't done yet. Uh, they didn't do at their last meeting, but they could. At, at that point, he'll have the RNC paying for a lot of his legal bills again. I mean, he's had his PAC Ooh. paying for it. So Trump's own money is not – it might not might not ever go to much of this. Uh, that's That's been his, his agenda, really, since he got into politics and he had legal problems, is to get political operations to pay for him or use his power to make it go away. Right, right. Absolutely. Or to make a GoFundMe. Yes, indeed. I saw that GoFundMe, but that's that's semi-official, right? It, it's not really going. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, Elena Cardone organized this fundraiser. Uh, stand with Trump, fund the three hundred and fifty-five million dollar <laughs> unjust settlement. <laughs> Just so, ooh, 
13,000 donations. They're so close. Uh, Kevin Walters, I'm sorry, Kev, put you on blast here. Anonymous gave 10,000, not the anonymous, but someone anonymous. This is very sad. This is like, like this is, this would be funny, but like most GoFundMes, it's either, well, at this point, there's a lot of Gazans trying to leave. Yeah. Um, and or P- Americans trying to get medical care. It's actually still depressing. Um, but you're right that that is the long plan. The plan is just delay, delay, delay. The problem is every day there's interest. Now, I don't, I mean, given like that it's over 500 million and he could just still run out the clock, like what's another 100 mil? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, like, they, they really have been just doing a terrible job defending him. I, I in theory, think that they could just... The, the problem has been, especially for since January 6th and Trump left office, is is that law firms that might... I mean, these are sort of un, unwinnable cases, but there are law firms who don't want to work with him anymore. He, he has... So he's paying a lot to mediocre attorneys who... I mean, if you, the parts of the trial I saw in New York, they were awful. Uh, and he's, he's fighting other stuff. The only lucky break he's getting is... Uh, trying to quash the Georgia case by making it about Fonnie Willis. Yes. Uh, but the New York one, yeah, they've not had a good defense. It's really just let's hope this goes away and we can when we can we can delay it. When it comes to with But Alina Haba's hot, Dave. Yeah. Alina Haba's hot. I didn't I'm not sure if you factored that into your legal analysis. Yeah, didn't she post she posted her own bikini <laughs> photos, right? Not like but maybe not plural. I saw one that she posted uh, as like oh, a boy. hate us cuz they oh, ain't us sort of deal. No, no, but like for MAGA voters, they don't care. I mean, I, I was just in South Carolina and this came up. Tell yeah, us. Well, Nikki Haley will bring it up, but she'll bring it up in this sort of have it all way where she will talk about how Trump is in legal peril and it's a problem for him electorally. But if you follow up and you say, well, do you agree that he's guilty of this? Do you agree, for example, he committed sexual assault? She she will just kind of move on and say, I haven't paid attention to all the cases, but. Uh, and so she'll bring that up. The voters that show up for her, some of them think that Trump is uh, guilty of everything that he's accused of, or at least convicted of so far. And and some, even those who are voting for Haley, just say, ah, well, I don't I don't believe that stuff. I, 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 I think it's it's a lot. It's all a, a plot to get him. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Stephen Colbert this week had that like kind of fiery little meltdown. I mean, as part of the monologue, but he was just like, all these Trump trials are playing out in front of us. He's guilty of pretty much like he is guilty of everything we all know he's guilty we're just waiting for the gears of justice to turn in time to spare us from another trump presidency before the general and like i agree with him on that but i'm but also it doesn't matter i mean you've talked to a lot of trump voters who some of them would back away potentially if he were convicted he has been i think since we last spoke the eugene carroll trial now the civil fraud trial we'll see on the january 6th stuff but like I don't even know if what Colbert is saying is going to bear out because like, even if all the cases were wrapped, he still might actually, you know, he still might win. He still, and he still could win. Uh, they're not that, com- I mean, really, there are five things that Trump is is in some sort of legal peril about, some sort of distraction. Uh, he has used them to, as always, just jujitsu his problems uh, so that they're the problems of his voters. They're coming after me because they hate you so much. He's got most of the Republican Party in agreement with that. And he's also, he's uh, again, South Carolina, where it just was, he's barely campaigned there. He's going to come back this week twice, maybe not more than twice, maybe th- three times when he comes back on Saturday to declare victory. Um, yeah. And then, well, I assume. Uh, but just going on TV in between appearances at, at, in courtrooms and taking a few questions has helped him blur, blur out any other Nikki Haley news 
uh, if it would help her. So yeah, it, it's it's it is unpleasant for him probably in some ways to go through, but it's not affected his campaign. And it really is right. universal when I talk to beyond Nikki Haley voters, universal with Trump voters, uh, uh, universal people who are voting for Ron DeSantis. The DeSantis campaign, DeSantis himself is pretty honest about this at the end of his campaign, saying the, the worst thing that happened to him was Trump getting indicted because every Republican voter just, they don't pay attention to the charges. They just think he is uniquely under, under attack. attack. Yeah. So they, they don't even pay attention. I mean, the, but that's what struck me is that even, uh, even he's martyred. Nikki Haley, I mean, it's who like, could be attacking this just says, well, it's all too complicated. We're not going to, we're and, not going to go there. Right. And today she gave a speech saying everyone thought she was maybe going to step down. She's like, no, I'm not going to, you know, bow out. I'm not going to quote, kiss the ring and bow down yeah. to Trump. So, Dave, when will she kiss the ring? Like, yeah. when's that happening? <laughs> that uh, became a more interesting question today because uh, that was what a lot of us were asking in South Carolina. So they announced uh, they announced yesterday she'd give the speech today. They were sort of telling people before that she's going to give a speech. They were aware that people would come to the speech thinking maybe she's going to drop out. Uh, she was never going to drop out at the speech. But she she rebooted the campaign argument she'd been making. A lot of that was the same. You know, he's he's got these problems, got those problems. Adding that she obviously was not going to wind it down and run for vice president. And she didn't say, and here's how I beat him. Like that was missing mm. from the speech was, and I will beat him somewhere. We're going to win the South Carolina primary. Like she, mm. th that that's important that, that this speech exists. Right. She's not confident even yeah. in that in her home state. No, she, she, it's, I think, I mean, I think generally she's run a smart campaign, just one that cannot win. Uh, she has, she's never been in a position where anyone can beat Donald Trump. She has made smart. I don't think she's made a huge mistake uh, during the whole campaign. Uh, now, some of that's by being super cautious and not coming out with like any policies beyond getting rid of the tax, tax uh, the gas tax. But this was this got attention. It got in the news. Trump will probably respond to it today. She likes to make Trump react to her, and then she talks about that. She's very good at baiting him. But it was all a prep for her losing her home state primary, and she couldn't have the story right. be. Nikki Haley loses home state primary. The story might, I mean, not that I'm right right now, but Saturday night, 7, 10 p.m. maybe, it's called for, for Trump over Haley, and the story, and she gives a speech, but the story is Haley had already uh, laid the groundwork for a disappointment in her own state uh, by saying, yeah, yeah, like, they, they were they were making everybody ready so that when she, when she loses, which, again, she didn't rule out there's a different story, which I thought was with the cards she had pretty, pretty smart. And it, just around our newsroom, I had written about half of the story about the campaign. It wasn't saying it was just you know, from the ground updating people on stuff. But the fact that she did this means she changed the news. She could still have the power to do that because she was getting if you watch what she gets at um, gaggles, you know, when she's campaigning and reporters ask her question after event. Or on Fox, she's always just asked, "Can you win South Carolina? When will you drop out?" Yeah, you would yeah, ask, yeah. "When will she? When will she drop out and kiss the ring?" And that's what's weird. She didn't say when. It is harder to imagine her actually quitting um, and endorsing Trump than it was a month ago. Which that is where I think she actually has some clout. Does she have clout inside the current Republican Party? She doesn't. But if she keeps getting twenty-five to thirty-five percent in the Republican vote, um, let's imagine a situation where. In 2020, Bernie Sanders drops out, but just, or sorry, Bernie Sanders never drops out and never endorses Joe Biden. That would probably right. be pretty bad. People would say, oh, he could, he couldn't unite his party. There's a huge chunk of voters 
that uh, that Bernie Sanders could direct to him and he's not doing it. If she wants to be really bitter about this and help sink him, sure. she totally could. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and so that that is what made it more interesting today that she is not saying I need to get she she basically has asked asked the media in so many words stop asking me when I'm gonna drop out what percentage I need to win in a state not that people will stop um, because I'm just going to keep running for president and collecting a ch- a chunk of the vote and some delegates and I'll just I will never I will never stop you will like you will never have me tell you I, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, and I mean I don't think she I think she. Um has showed a a remarkable amount of like Mm -hmm. um, resilience and kind of like, I mean, I do not agree with her politics at all, but in terms of the rest of the Republicans who've just folded and folded and folded, she obviously like got, has the money backing her. It's a little bit like, and I want to pivot to Biden, but it's a little bit like Haley's waiting in the wings to see. And we've talked about this. If all within the criminal indictments, if they're going to come down on him and he's going to eventually like it's going to be just too shaky to keep going or the Republican Party decides we can't have this nominee. I don't think that's going to happen, mm-hmm. but she'll be there to sort of clean up if it does. Or, I mean, who knows? Yes, maybe not run third party, but maybe not endorse. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's that brave. I think she will endorse, Dave. I think she's going to add something. Yeah, yeah I'm, I might be a little bit too naive about this because um, DeSantis got very specific and... Uh, I wouldn't say mean, but but dismissive about Trump's ability to just like think straight and to be honest. And then he immediately endorsed him. Uh, I think right, I, I think right. the issue, the difference is that DeSantis, if he ever runs again uh, for something, I mean for Senate or he runs for president again, he can't he can't piss off Trump. He needs Trump to endorse him. I don't think he even would. I think he needs to endorse somebody else to make fun of him. And I do think Haley so Haley true. Haley got. Haley is clearly in the doghouse. Uh, she has nothing else to run for. She couldn't win a race in South Carolina uh, in the if if Trump is still relevant in the party. Her best in the long run. So she said, uh, "I'm not preparing for 2028. How would I even do that?" The answer is, if Trump loses, and it sounds crazy to all of us now, but if Trump loses two elections in a row, um, she will be able to say, "Well, I gave you this other option. You never took it." And that's the right. only way in which she's relevant in the future. It's one where Trump is irrelevant, or not irrelevant, where Trump is a loser. A loser. It, but imagine also, it's it's twenty, it's 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 December twenty twenty four, and Trump has lost. A lot of Republicans who are defending Trump are doing so. She's she is right out of fear, but also they're defending him on his uh, in his legal cases for everything he does because they think that he might. Be, he well, that he has been the presumptive nominee against Joe Biden, right? Kevin McCarthy, when he was speaker, that's how he'd defend Trump. Oh, everything they're doing against him is because he's the nominee. What does happen if Trump is now seventy-eight years old? Um, does he maybe he could threaten to run for president in twenty twenty-eight? But do do people sort of back off? Is it like the end of Gladiator when Joaquin Phoenix asks for a sword and everyone just she's them because they're like, no, 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 we just, we never liked you and we're not afraid of you anymore. <laughs> That's the world she wants to live in. I don't know if we get there. But I want to live in the, that the world that makes too. Sense. Yeah. I don't want to live in her world, but I want to live in that world. That's uh, the power of, <laughs> yeah. of Trump. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's interesting. God, that's fascinating. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, no, he'd be a loser with a bunch. You're just a, I, there's a little bit of a like, you know, uh, clueless, like lying, like you're just a virgin who can't drive. You're like, you're just a loser with 91 indictments, like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but okay. Big news for me this week was Ezra Klein and, and Nate Silver, both coming out with op-eds saying that Biden should probably bow out of the race and not be the democratic nominee for president. The 
um, Ezra Klein took us through it and was basically like, let's have a, you know, uh, an open convention in August. It's a very long way away and sort of re it's clo way too close to the actual election date, in my opinion, not way too close, but feels close. Mm -hmm. um, what was your reaction to both of those arguments being made? And I want to give my critique in a second and get your thoughts also, Brooke. But 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 yeah. Dave, what do you what do you think about those op eds? Well, with Ezra's what was most interesting in the 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 op-ed there's podcast too but the op-ed uh, is he talks about how he has this nightmare where biden loses and all these democrats who secretly uh were saying he's out of it and he can't win release memoirs and where they admit this that that sounds like the voice and i know is pretty well uh that sounds like the voice of experience he talks to democratic staffers and some of them do that. I mean, you can get blind quotes from Democrats saying Biden's out of Biden has lost a step, et cetera, et cetera. Not that many, not in the, the Biden White House, but you can meet other Democratic staffers who, who think this. And it's I can imagine them writing him out at, uh, at some point uh, with Silver. Silver just looks at the at and at, at, at Intermentum, other people who were election election uh, analyst people who well, don't yeah. have like favorites. They just look at it and say it makes no sense when you're potentially running against an unpopular Republican nominee to, to run somebody with vulnerabilities. Just like take the guy with the vulnerabilities out and swap in somebody else. Uh, he, because of his credibility of mostly being right about elections, uh, mm -hmm. that, that's I think he had less of an inside track on that. But that's that's why that mattered. And all uh, uh, that would you get to the weeds. Of, well, how could you swap Biden out? The guy, those guys both who do not want Trump to return, both, I think, thought this is a moment for me to put my put my voice in. And if I'm part of a chorus of people saying this, does the White House or Biden reconsider? I absolutely don't think Biden does. I mean, Biden, if there's one thing about, you know, about Biden's personality, he really resents being told that he can't win, um, even though he's lost key elections. He's his his persona is built around. I've been underestimated by especially by like snobby pundits frankly Pundit. my whole life so i'm not he you can't listen to them i don't think that they could have written uh they could have used uh more creative <laughs> like daring him to to run in order to convince him not to i don't think anything would have worked but that's what they were doing and in ezra's case i think there are democrats who are worried about this and don't know how to get the, the word out like how do we credibly yeah. tell people we're kind of worried about this without just being the fifth quote in some article that says one Democrat says he's worried. Like, how do we right. get everyone else talking about our, our panic? Well, yeah, that's fine. I don't know who they're talking to either. Cause it's like, if you're inside yeah. the machine, maybe you have, I mean, and then you know, he won't listen to anyone outside of it. I don't know. It's like, I think we have to get to Jill. That's my thing. Like Jill, we have to get to commander, you know, we have to get to somebody yeah. um, <laughs> like to get, to convince him, you know, like, what is it boy like rawr, 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 rawr. don't run again you know, like that kind of thing um <laughs> but one thing that i thought was interesting is neither ezra nor nate mentioned gaza and right. i feel like yeah, that's fine that, yeah. so that's maybe strategically or sort of politically they felt like they didn't want to touch it but what's changed between now and when david axelrod said the same thing back in what what it was it like or like uh, september or something yeah it's been the massive shedding of young voters voters of color people who are really upset by the democrats and specifically biden's position on gaza and it's it's like such an elephant in the room and neither of them even say it um which whatever maybe they're trying to play it safe but i would just say like 
Brooke, to your point early on in the show, I do think the pressure is working. Like if nothing else, it gives also people like Ezra Klein or like Nate Silver, who are these voices that a lot of folks listen to, um, some cover in an added arsenal of reasons why this guy should not be the Republican nominee. Um, I would like to, you know, say, so uh, I, we are long time now since 2018 family friends with uh, Representative Alyssa Slotkin, Democrat from Michigan. Um, she turned my lifelong Republican mother into a Democrat. Uh, and wow. has, while she has spearheaded <clears throat> what I think is a very crucial portion of the Midwest and women of a certain age who have kind of been closet Democrats, as they're described, who have voted Republican because possibly that's just how their household works and how their husband has voted. And right. um, so Alyssa is a Republican woman um, whisperer. It's like her, <laughs> it's her specialty um, where women just in general on social issues have like a million times more empathy and care about a lot of the issues that Democrats care about. And so she's really flipped a lot of Republican women. Um, and she's now running for Debbie Stabenow's Senate seat. And she is, you know, potentially about to be, uh, the first and youngest female Senator ever in history. Um, if all goes her way. Um, so, but what she, she was here in California doing a little fundraising as they all secretly do. And I was with her, um, like a week and a half ago coming to see what Californians biggest concerns are about a Michigan election, which mm. is really funny by the way, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's a special place to be in, especially when it someone is. I've been at those, I've, I've been, I went to one, it was like for some, like upstart um very cool like working party in um in oh god in west virginia out of west virginia and it would but it was like yeah what do californians think about i mean obviously everyone hates joe mansion but anyway keep going I, I i do think that's a funny little like fundraising moment to be in oh it's great because we were you know it's always on the west side i was like okay i'm i'm somewhere you know sometimes it's brentwood or you're, you're just you're just walking into mansions and it's all good and um, you know, so the, the Ezra Klein situation, not mentioning Gaza, like, like Alyssa specifically is not ignoring it. She is like the residents and the people of Michigan who are rightfully pissed and hurt that they gave their vote to Joe Biden. And he does not care that their family members are being blown to bit with their money, their tax money coming from America to kill their own family at the end of the day. She's like, they are hurt and they are not numbers that are just votes. Like, because what was happening at this, you know, meet and greet and fundraiser was a lot of concerned people being like, so are the mad Arabs in Michigan also going to put Trump in office? Like, no, yeah. and, you know, and she was wonderful at being like, they're not votes. They're people with legitimate wow. anger. And she's like, and I'm watching all the youth in Michigan. They're probably just going to sit this one out along with the Arabs. They're not going to vote for Trump, but they're not going to vote. And yeah. she says, you, you know, and she agrees too. She Has says, she been calling for a ceasefire, bro? Yes. She, or, she, yeah. she did three tours in Afghanistan. She understands the Middle East. She's a Jewish woman. Uh, Alyssa is amazing, by the way. She get her on the show. Um, she's two years older than me. She makes me feel so stupid and small, um, despite being wonderful. But like, yeah, she's a CIA uh, intelligence. She served under uh, Obama and George W. Bush. And she now, she got so pissed 
at the o- overturning of our health care, you know, basically when they repealed Obamacare briefly and then her, you know, Republican challenger being like, yay, no health care for anyone. And her yeah. mom died of ovarian cancer from relapsed insurance, you know, so that's the moment that she was like, I'm, I'm running for Congress. And, um, She's she's pretty amazing, and I've what? I've got a lot of eggs in her basket. But the the yeah, uh, sorry, I just got excited talking about it. No, no, I, I one thing I wanted to ask about that is is and I want to pivot to Michigan specifically because right. uh, the primary is on February twenty seventh, and ask mm-hmm. you, Dave. Also, I mean, both of you guys specifically about this strategy that Rashida Tlaib is spearheading, mm-hmm. Representative Tlaib, about writing in uncommitted and not voting for Joe Biden. So take a look. It is also important to create a voting block, something that is a bullhorn to say enough is enough. We don't want a country that supports wars and bombs and destruction. We want to support life. We want to stand up for every single life killed in Gaza. I want you to think of Al-Shama. I want you to think of Rima. I want you to think of Sidra. I want you to think of all of the amazing young children and the people. Again, lives were lost in Gaza. This is the way you can raise our voices. Don't make us even more invisible. Right now, we feel completely neglected neglected, and just unseen by our government. If you want us to be louder, then come here and vote uncommitted. So this is um, this new effort um, that a lot of like uh, organizers are spearheading. I know, I think um, Linda Sarsour has been working on this too. Um, but this is the, it's called the Listen to Michigan campaign and also supported by 30 Michigan officials. They're planning to write uncommitted on their ballots. Dave, will this maybe break through to Joe Biden? Is, yeah. is it the voters who have to do it? Yeah, this has a better chance of breaking through than anything else because it's actually it's an option on the ballot. Uh, some states have this. Like Nevada, and I think now famously, has no can- none of these candidates because Nikki Haley lost to it. Uh, and right, right. Michigan has this option for uncommitted. And in, so in uh, Layla, um, Layla, uh, Elabed, who's the campaign manager, who was like running this, actually Talib's sister, and then Talib got on board, uh, and is now I think the face of the campaign. Uh, she she pointed out in two thousand eight, Democrats kind of screwed up their primary calendar, and Biden, uh, sorry, Obama didn't put his name on the ballot. So in the primary, there was an understanding. All right, vote on committed, and it'll be Obama eventually, and it was. That's yeah. how they designed huh. the delegates. So they said, yeah, there's precedent for getting a ton of votes for uncommitted. In 2020, it was still Bernie and Biden and then other names of the ballot. It got like 1.2% uncommitted. But mm-hmm. uh, the baseline for uncommitted is is pretty low. And so 10% of the vote uh, being for, against Biden, what, what Alabed and everyone else is saying is, look, that would say, here's a hard number of votes who are uh, Democrats who came out and said, we are so against what the administration is doing with Netanyahu in Gaza that we exist and this is a block of votes that could be used for Cornell West. This could just this could be a block of votes that stays home. Right. They're very they just want to have that hard number very clearly uh, with time to organize. They're doing stuff every day. I mean, they're they're organizing uh, Dearborn, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti. They're organizing real events at, at a time when there's just there's not. I mean, the Biden campaign's doing the bare minimum because he's the incumbent president. So they have some cabinet secretaries going and whatever. Uh, but the, the denominator is probably going to be pretty small. Uh, they, if whatever votes they get, you you will then the rest of the year, people like me can say, uh, they but but in Michigan, X thousand people vo- voted up for uncommitted over Biden, uh, a right. potential which means what? And then these uh, com- committee leaders too have been very vocal in Michigan. One of the ironies is that 
Michigan got up earlier in the primary calendar because of Joe Biden and the DNC wanting a big Midwestern state that's not Iowa to get up in the primary calendar. And they happened to choose the one with a big <laughs> Arab American population. So a, a factor for the last four months is that, um, yes, like people like Alyssa Slock and Debbie Dingell, not just Rashida Tlaib, a lot of Democrats say, hey, we are in our communities and this is unpopular. Would yeah. be, we, we, you might not have been paying attention, but because we have this primary coming up, because November is competitive, a lot of reporters have gone. I mean, I've done interviews. I know like NBC, CBS reporters have gone out to Dearborn again and again to profile people. So it, it really has already given a uh, not just like a voice to, to that opposition, but made it more sophisticated Action. so that reporters know who to talk yeah. to. And it's it's not just generically, oh, there's a protest vote, maybe they'll vote for Corno West, who's also campaigned there. Yeah, it's already, right. I'd say it's already pretty successful. And then we'll see in a week what that total is. Yeah, I mean, and that's thanks to like an organized, I mean, an organized community and also like a, uh, like a concentrated community of Arab American voters who are like pretty active in general, general politics. Like, I mean, you could, I don't know. You you could say the same thing about any organized, close knit community around the country that you need to win over um, in order to win. I mean, that, yeah, the discrepancy in that vote can be used to say, look, if this translates to the general, we're fucked. Um, so I, that'll be something to watch. That'll be very, very interesting and exciting. Brooke, did you want to just weigh in on that? Um, you know, just saying Michigan is just never a state to sleep on. Um, there's just a lot of interesting politics happening. Like I told you, like this, like the secret society of closeted Democrat women versus our Arab American community. We've got a super disenfranchised, uh, areas in Flint and Detroit and the surrounding mm -hmm. areas. And then, you know, but we also have a militia. We have, you know, like... <laughs> Come to Michigan. We've got Come to it Michigan. all. Like, Leave confused. But you I know? do think that that's an interesting. Those are two groups you just mentioned. Before I let you go, Dave, that, like it feels to me like the Biden administration is like, well, we don't need the Arabs. We don't want the Arab American voters. We want those sleeper cell Democrat, <laughs> yeah. Democratic women. We want the women who are worried about reproductive rights rollbacks. I mean, too late, but yes. And we're just going to get them. We're going to get suburban women on board and that will make up the difference. So we're going to, of course, you know, continue to hammer on reproductive rights. But recently, I just, I think it was, I think it might've even been political. I forgot what article, but basically it was like, even the reproductive rights um, hammering is really difficult among some of these organizations where the memberships and the staffers are super on board with ending this bloodshed in Gaza. And they're like, man, it's really stifling our ability to get out the vote on this issue because folks are, including us, we're so focused on what's going on. Well, cause but, if you yeah. have a brain, like how can you care and scream about reproductive rights, but then like turn your back on what's happening to women in Gaza. And, yeah. you know, so it, it's a lot of the youth in Michigan too, like they've, they're 100% connecting the dots. And, you know, again, my, uh, my non-binary cousin, Percy, loves to mail everyone Christmas gifts. Uh, and we all got, you know, Cornell West book <laughs> from them, a 22 year old, you know, in Michigan. And, you know, so it's, that's adorable. It's, it's wild, wild West also, out there. Cornell needs that money real bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but Dave, final thoughts on that, on like the idea that they're banking on suburban voters. I mean, that's how 
I, I, I was telling someone recently, I, I'm getting 2016 vibes from this election. Mm -hmm. I'm getting this uh, now, now children, we don't need you to win. Uh, we got it. And yet even, but there's even less smugness because that back then Nate Silver was like, Hillary's got it in the bag. And now Nate Silver's like, no, no, no. He's like, I don't want my reputation tarnished again. Yeah. No, I, it's not, and it's not just kids. I mean, this is, this is kind of odd. Uh, maybe, maybe people can theorize why this is because the media that I'm part of likes to talk about polling and polling on so the specific Israeli response in Gaza is very, it, it's very unpopular uh, across the board. I mean, Republicans are more likely to support whatever, whatever happens there. Um, Democrats were less likely, but across kind of a generationally across Democrats. Now, if you ask the question, who do you side with in the conflict? There's ways to get it. Uh, it's a little sure. more, more divided. If you say, would you like a ceasefire? Uh, the answer is yes, but, but broadly among Democratic voters. And it is not a good thing. I mean, I'm not trying to be glib about literally killings that are happening as we're talking. Um, but if you are a Democrat, no, uh, there is no one who says, I can't, I'd love for this conflict to go on longer and longer uh, and until is until every Netanyahu achievement is 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 complete, uh, very few people in American politics have that position uh, in the Democratic Party. So you've got it, it's a little bit scrambled because are there are most Democrats young people who are showing up at Biden fundraisers and protesting until they're taken out? No, but do most Democrats want the war to war to end for whatever reason? From it makes Biden look bad to it is horrifying and morally morally <laughs> aberrant. Most of them do. So right. the, the, they, there is, I don't think there is a, generally a situation for Joe Biden where at, November 2024 would be a, 13 months of a war in Israel happening on, under his watch. I don't think a, a president wins under those conditions, period, no matter how he finesses no. it. Yeah. So no, so and, he, and, yeah, and it, aid yeah. better get, I mean, depending mm -hmm. on what happens, but you better let aid, like we better yeah. see some, some Palestinians eating some fucking food like that. That's all I have <laughs> yeah, to say. These like, leaks were the president, the president's quietly, privately and uh, not happy with how this is going. And that does not work. You need, you need to say, yeah, you need a, because this is other presidents have done that. George W. Bush, uh, George H. W. Bush did this. Um, other presidents have said, we disagree currently with the, with the Israeli approach and we are moving to change their policy. If that happened, that solves the Biden political problem. That would make a lot of people much happier. Because it's one of the, finally one of the questions I asked um, Layla and the, the uh, Listen to Michigan people is, look, yeah. aren't there people who, if the war ended today, they would say you're not, you're not going to bring back 28,000 dead people? And she says, well, yes, but you prevented more deaths. Like the only we can ask for is that they use the incredible power of American foreign policy to prevent more deaths. Who is against mm -hmm. that? And the answer is, unless you're BB or his immediate family or his cabinet, um, i.e., you're not in America, almost nobody. I mean, there are there are donors except for that, Nancy yeah. Pelosi, but <laughs> except, yeah, or, except your last segment, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> but it's, it is a very blasé Democratic. Well, we just want them to win, but I don't think they're out there, you know, refreshing these gross uh, videos that people are taking, uh, you know, like IDF. Adjacent people taking videos of, of of look how much fun we're having with this. I don't yeah. think they're doing that. I think, I no. from my conversation with Democrats, they wanted to end, but the 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 the, just, the field is basically from we we really don't want to talk about this, but want this to end. To I'm Rashida to leave, and I'm telling you right now, this has to stop. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. If only it, I hope that that has an impact and trickles up. And so anyway, get out. People can also volunteer uh, with that. You can call Michiganders and you can get them and help. Uh, ask them to pledge or vote uncommitted. And then, of course, please vote down ballot as well. But mm -hmm. Dave Weigel, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find your work and follow you? Yeah, it's at uh, Semaphore, which is 
15 months old, I think, which is do which is going well and and free if you hate paywalls. It's like my baby. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about the same age. And then I write a newsletter that's called Americana that's also free that's published on the website, but you can subscribe to it. And today I spent three days on the Nikki Haley trail. Uh, oh so so read about Sorry. that uh, and, and other things. But re, but every couple days I have a newsletter from the ground covering politics. So CPAC is on Friday. Uh, California Ooh. primary is coming up. That's going to be one of my next stories. Yeah, subscribe oh, at semaphore.com. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, speaking of the California primaries, uh, we're voting Barbara Lee, everybody. That's our Alyssa Slotkin over here. Uh, it's going to be a long shot, but we have to. Um, we got to get her in. In the Senate, uh, she has stood for a ceasefire, and she does not buddy buddy with Israel. And uh, Katie Porter and mm-hmm. Adam Schiff absolutely do. I'm so tired of their texts. Let me <clears> tell you, I'm so tired of their texts. I uh, also, if you are in CA District 34, David Kim, please. Uh, Jimmy Gomez might be running ads in front of your uh, YouTube video right now. If you're in CA 34. F that noise. Uh, I ran into Jimmy Gomez and asked why he didn't support a ceasefire. He uh, basically like I weasel. I like it was 30, not 30 minutes. It was like a five minute conversation. And he like weaseled out of that answer. This was early. Um, wow. I'm so sick of Jimmy Gomez. So sick of so, calling him too. Oh, and he's, oh, he gets money from Friends of Israel, I believe, or or, or APAC. I forgot which one. Uh, you can look it up on um, Open Secrets. But David Kim, everybody, for CA34. I Maybe we'll hope to get David on the show. Um, Brooke, we got one more segment. This is going to be fun. This okay. is real fun. You know why? I've been having a good time. Hell yeah. Because there's a new lifestyle brand that just dropped. I mean, it's dropping. It's been dropped. But um, Donald Trump is now selling sneakers. Uh, That's right. You heard me. He went to SneakerCon and tried to hawk these gold-colored sort of, yeah, (coughs) patent gold leather sneaks with an American flag on the back. Just like Mm -hmm. if those sneakers were a shoe, I would drive in a very far like a lane far away like i would just like they're they're trump toilets for your feet there you go that's exactly right for your stanky ass feet here he is introducing his sneakers just want to tell you you know i've wanted to do this for a long time i have some incredible people that work with me on things and they came up with this and this is something i've been talking about for 12 years 13 years and i think it's going to be a big success your influencers have been very positive. They've been real influencers, and they love it, and they love what we've done. That's the real deal. Being here, it's an honor. It's an honor. You're all sneakerheads. You're sneakerheads, right? Right, you're sneakerheads with my little gold toilets on your feet skis. So what's annoying about Trump in First of all, this is absolutely ridiculous. These sneakers cost $399, people. It is so absurd. But also, I don't know, Brooke, does a little part of you go like, man, why can't Biden release some fucking sneakers? Like, there's a little bit of like, like, like he's like, you're sneakerheads. Because someone told this old man that sneakerheads was a thing, and he actually kind of nailed the line. He did. He did. Um, I I don't know what that did in terms of, influencing the youth in any way you oh, know the youth are influence <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah right where he like tried to use the word influencer but i just in general anyone who's not a psycho does not wear 
anything apparel with any president's name on it ever. Like, we, like, did you have, you know, a t-shirt that I like, I understand. I mean, I have a Bernie shirt, which honestly I'm this close to just like to just giving yes. it away at Use this point. Rag. I don't I mean, know but, what genocide means. Uh, what does yeah, that I word didn't... mean? It makes me queasy. It um, makes me queasy. I... My tummy. <laughs> queasy in but, the tum tum. Um, uh, I'm going to need some. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I, yeah, just, just in general, like presidential gear is just corny. <laughs> and I, I like, I won't even rock a bumper sticker. Like, right. And that's I mean, me, follow you up, know. like, where do you think those shoes are made? Are they union made in the United oh States? Oh my God. Oh. They're made where his, his gold briefcase, by the way, you could buy that like $999 briefcase. Like Oh yeah, we looked over all of his products. Yeah, that like so you can. He's got a your gold briefcase. Can you filled imagine? With steaks, filled with Trump steaks. Okay, he was selling steak along with college. Come on, this is it's just an like again we are trapped in a long episode of The Simpsons, but there's a point to this uh, segment. There's a little bit more, which is uh, he also has a new cologne. It is called. Trump Victory 47. Mm. When you want to smell like sweat, makeup, and Big Macs all combined. Uh, there it is. Kind of like weirdly shaped like a, a lady. If I'm like, I don't know what's what. Yeah, like, yeah. What's on the left? Is that like, like. Like the fact that you can even <laughs> violate a perfume bottle. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know which. Oh, I guess. Oh, this is for women. Ugh. I, I should have known, Brooke. I think With this his is head on top. That does not make me feel sexy. Well, the one on the left must be for women, okay. and the one on the right. God damn it! I kind of want to buy this. Which you know, again, he I, should I'm, like like he could sell a perfume that translated to fart in a jar, and people would buy it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what that is. I I really want to know who makes this, and I'm excited to buy it at my local Walgreens. Um, <laughs> he is so thirsty. He needs money. Obviously, we saw the GoFundMe, but I want to ask everybody to complete the lifestyle bland, brand and bland. This is lifestyle brand Trump. We've got the briefcase. We've got the shoes. We've got the perfume. He's smelling like. Again, not money. You're smelling like $600 million in the hole. Um, I think that he needs, obviously, uh, Trump condoms. I'm just going to say that they're gold and they're perfectly. Look, hey, this is Donald Trump. Uh, I did buy an ad on the Bituation Room um, telling you to buy my Trump condoms for the specially shaped toadstool dick. Uh, so you. <laughs> Don't worry, it's got girth. It's like a magnum if all you have is girth. Uh, but it is squat and uh, big head, very big head. I'm so sorry I went here immediately. Wow. It's it's a it's a condom that stretches horizontally instead of vertically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For and all it's, that fat egg dick girth. Yeah, um, and it's spiked gross. like a cat's dick. Like it's it's like spiked for her pleasure. <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's what i got i also think he should have um because i'm a big kombucha bitch and so for me mm. if i'm gonna buy some like for me if you you need like a drink you need i don't want to lib tears i i need like trump's really good brain kombucha for the really good brains you know because he's got a really good brain mm -hmm. um so i would like that you know for the scoby and you 
Scoby and me. I don't know why I went namaste with that, but what would you, what's your lifestyle? Like, like, what do you think he should roll out next? There's a lot of things he already has. There's a lot of things he has. And, uh, I honestly, if he wanted to get a product out there that could possibly work, right? Like I'm a big dry shampoo girl. I don't like to wash multiple times a day, but if I could use a Trump level dry shampoo that gave returned my hair to a level of gravity defying buoyancy. Oh, like Trump, you know, well, imagine just, just given, you know, these kind of half wet, you know, but to give it that like majestic sort of like freshly fluffed and groomed, like, like the way a dog, like when a dog comes fresh out of the groomer, you know? Oh yeah. 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 Floofy. Very, um, very. So what, yeah, like what va-va-boom. would it be made out of? You know, it's just like. Also, um, first of all, he, if he would had talcum powder, he put that shit. He put it like in his ass. You know what I mean? I feel like that's. Um, well, I feel like your description his of balls. his perfume also came from the former staffers who were like the guy smells like yes. you know, makeup yes. and Big Macs and what have you. Anyways, um, oh, but you know, like get- in kitchens, like the the big the big uh thing with with uh back of house workers who are really sweaty in the kitchen they put corn cornstarch all over their balls so maybe um oh maybe God. trump could oh get a brand God. of cornstarch going <laughs> um lifestyle wise i like to I call think- i like to call um gold bond ball salt so it's yes. for your very own trump ball salt um <laughs> Think of me only when the you, best. You're fondling your balls when you just. I I love all these things that we're creating. Um, first yeah. of all, also those those little dirty secrets about the back of house uh, in restaurants is incredible. We can hear more of that on your podcast, right? Sure, please by all <laughs> means. <laughs> um, there. Let's see. Everyone's everyone's very grossed out. Um, I do think. Look, I think if he is huffing Adderall. The way he likes to, I think he likes to snort Adderall. Actually, in fact, that might be what the dry shampoo is made up is crushed, made of is crushed up Adderall. But like, why not just go all the way? I mean, I know some of your like anti-vax base or anti-pharma base will be like, how dare you sell out? But look, that's some good money, you know? Then again, Adderall does kind of sell itself. However, if he were to like roll out his special version of Adderall. Trump poppers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) gross this is all like i am so like i love the guy who's like decked out in all of his gear and like rolls up to a business meeting and he's like thinks he's gonna win um this just like the most sir this is a wendy's moment it you completely decked out yeah in all of trump stuff being like i demand a deal <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, it does like, like the truth is you, you do just tend to veer, like you do, you're like, let's cross the street, you know, we're out walking our dog. Let's cross the street. I don't. You can see him coming. Wong, wong. Um, yeah. Go buy someone buy someone buy the cologne and let me know how it smells. I'm very curious about that. Uh, if you, Brooke, last question, if you were to take one thing, like if someone gave you a piece of Trump lifestyle brand memorabilia, like what would you want? If would it be? Okay. Like, like you could have a thing. I don't know all of the things that he's got for sale. Um, I, I mean, I, I do, but um, 
it's only because we reviewed we we reviewed the Trump Towers on the podcast several years ago, and we read. Did you go there? Oh, Oh, you read the Yelp. But we read all the Yelp reviews, the customer comments, like all that crazy stuff. The martini that is just just ice floating in a bunch of vodka. It's not like, it's not great, and I can't believe so. Like a lot of reviews were like pictures which were like okay the bathtub had mold in it um we don't know what this is we can only describe it as a human turd that was left in the closet (laughs) and no one cleaned it up like it it is a disgusting nasty it is not better than a motel right yeah um but i used to go to this i didn't used to i went one time when it existed but it was this really fun pop-up in la called the museum of failure did you ever see that installment no no they had a trump corner with all of his products um yeah but i i have to say like the suitcase full of steaks just give it to me for free and i'll i'll feed some you think that they're individually wrapped or are they sort of like sloshed in there like just like (laughs) just glistening when you open it swapping around sliding around um they were it's probably they're probably deep you know frozen which mm, frozen steak um just so you can then you know cook it well done and put ketchup on it but um i want a briefcase of steaks okay i I think that's a good thing there is a uh, Donald Trump uh, decanter that looks good. Um, oh, at first I thought you said a dick canter, and I was like, "Oh, oh what's yeah. that?" But then I, I don't know. Decanter, decanter. I think if I were to have anything, it would definitely be a Never Surrender shirt with his mugshot mm, on it. Like that, I definitely, I definitely you can find those in the trash. I'm oh, sure you yeah. can find those in the trash soon. I'm very excited for that. But um, anyway, uh, I'm excited. I'm also excited to see Kanye uh, rocking uh, those sneakers. I love how he's like, they've been telling me to do this for 12. I've been saying to do this for 12, 13 years. Like, oh, God. Boy. Finally, my dreams have come true. Please support my GoFundMe. Brooke Van Poplin, you're yeah. so wonderful. Where can people find you, listen to you more, see you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, my my... Instagram is now private. <laughs> smart, and I will, smart. Yep, I will let you in. Uh, but it's just at Brooke VP, B R O O K E V P. Um, it's a fun group of people in there. I appreciate everyone. Everyone who doesn't like what I'm saying is gone. So, and they can't get back in. Um, so yes. it's a safe space now. And then Sidework Podcast. We're every Friday, uh, new episodes for several years now. Um, and we're on Instagram also uh, at Sidework Podcast. Sidework. I love it. it. And then what's the what's the premise of side work? Is it like all the all the changas, which are like <sighs> little little odd jobs we have to do to live? No, literally it's 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 we are dedicated to people who um well we will we will veer off. We are based in being, you know, tip-based workers, meaning restaurant. I see. Front of house. Um we honor chefs and cooks, but we're like, that scene's pretty uh pretty filled out with a bunch of bros, you know, already and foodies and stupid toxic chefs which you know we are for the workers by the workers who have you know received 15 percent tips most of our lives so yeah 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 it's yeah, yeah. Little army of underappreciated can i ask you before you leave do you support one like the one fair wage campaign so yeah we we're friends i want to help their online presence so badly god bless yeah. them like please someone help them it's the most uncompelling boring <laughs> I, I just truly i they need to have a little fun um but yes i do it's a really 
crazy thing where I will say the fact that um, California is about to go up to uh, right now $17 minimum wage and it is breaking restaurants and I'm not criticizing restaurant owners when the entire um, the entire complex of restaurants, the entire industry has been built on never having to pay your freaking staff. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And their margins are already like so crappy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for selling food, it's, you know, you have to have a famous salad dressing that you also sell on the side and whatever yes. to be, to be a, you have to be Wolfgang Puck to be super rich. Um, so California is going to be a state to watch in terms of, um, you know, just how do we handle this or how are we going to maybe not give um, restaurant employees, you know, minimum wage or can we get everyone on board nationally to get everyone, you know, like a salary would be mind blowing, but it's, it's so yes. complicated. Well, because, that's the whole thing. The yeah. idea of one fair wage is like it should be getting rid of tipped tips in order to pay people a fair wage and also give them benefits and all that. Um, yeah, and, tips, and a lot of servers are actually against that. What scares them? They do it, server yeah. math. They, but I, I'm just saying that they do the golden handcuffs and they think if one night they're like, but yeah, I can make $400 in a night, but then all of January, no one goes out to eat. And you're like, you're not doing the math, baby. Exactly. Like, and you're not doing the math if you're like not, you know, you have to buy your health care on the marketplace as exactly. I do. And shit does not, the math ain't mathing. Math ain't mathing. But um, it's, it's really hard. It's called the golden handcuffs. I love it. Uh, or I don't, or I'm curious about it. Brooke, Brand, you're wonderful. Um, everybody, uh, check out Brooke's podcast and come back very soon. I appreciate oh, you, girl. You sounded better and better and stronger as the pod, as, as the stream you, went I'm out. telling you, you my, throat, my throat was uh, on my side. <laughs> we'll connect soon, but thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye. And thank you all for being here. Yes, in the early show, my voice uh, nearly died. And then Someone, there was like a a Barry's boot camp little Mario guy in my back of my throat, just like every like getting all the saliva ducks working in a row. That was a lot of metaphors layered on top of one another. Um, Todd Roy wants a bituation room coffee mug. Okay, noted. I actually have one of those and I do like it. It is cute. Um, Omega Shenron Dragon says, I want to buy a bitch cap. Okay, well, what is what is it going to say on it? Does it say Frantifa or does it say bitch cap? Or my bitch cap, or this is my bitch cap. What does it say? Give me design ideas. Christo Stefan says you need a dark tea with pepper, cinnamon, turmeric, nutmeg, cloves, ginger, honey. That's a lot, but like, <coughs> what's a dark tea? You need a dark tea, like a, like a Earl Grey. Um, yesterday I did something because I was like, I want booze. I boiled a bunch of cumin seeds and put brandy in it, and it did not work. It made me like cough even more. Um, let's see. Progressive positive positive LMFT. L LMFT. I've been battling with something that has that has decided to reside in my entire respiratory system, Franny. I sound exactly like you do. I also have a job that requires a great deal of talking. Ugh. I'm sorry. I hope you feel better. I hope you get on antibiotics. I'm not in it. I'm not on it. I mean, yet. I, I, ugh, don't get me started. Michelle Conklin, or Con, yeah, Conklin Cussell says, hey, yay. I can read. Here's to Detroit women. We know how to fight the power. Welcome, Brooke. And Sarah Gunn McEnany says, Nadia Gilbert is a U.S. Palestinian with good a good food channel on YouTube. Ooh, I would love to check that out. 
Um, Spectrophonic, Hamas is in the babies. Yes, that's what Israel is claiming at this point. Robert, thank you for your super chat. Our political paradigm of the two parties' center-right collusion is unsustainable and must be nearing the point of collapse. Yes, what you said. I look at Nancy Pelosi making excuses for war criminals and war crimes and making excuses for the fact that we keep on weapons dealing to them. And all I think is, I want your Democratic Party to die. I want to chemotherapy you out of existence. Like I want you, you are a cancer <coughs> on this party. You need to go. You're killing, you're killing it. And, and I'm saying this because I want you to be better, just like America. Um, Adam Rich, thank you for being a member on YouTube. If they're in the cult, then a conviction won't even make them blink. It's true. I, I, I mean, I get, I get that Stephen Colbert is mad, but it's like, what, what difference does it really make? And yet, I am not of the mind that well, we shouldn't prosecute Trump because it's an election year, or what will he do to us? Or no, I think that's BS. You have to go through the actual motions, do the thing, but you know, no one's gonna say this is really gonna actually impact the election. Sweet Ain Dragon, thank you so much for gifting five Bituation memberships on YouTube. That is insanely jealous. You're wonderful. Uh, ben Pierce says Nikki Haley's running for 2028, possibly. Um, Great Lakes Feather Co. says Rashida is based. Yes, she is. Also, apparently, uh, Prince William is based. Uh, calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. I just finished The Crown. And uh, okay, Will. Okay. Um, let's see. Mike Boy from Mayor uh, says it's Joe Ever. I don't know what that's in reference to, but I think it's Joe Biden. And Randolph Gallagher, thank you for that sweet, sweet super chat. And Willie Gus says ketchup kombucha. Yes, that is if Trump had his own kombucha. Um, blurred Lens Pictures, is he selling his children yet? Not yet, but he probably will. Um, and with that, you guys, let me just let's ride on out and thank everybody. Um, all the new patrons at $10 or more, all the Twitch subs. Again, if you're a patron at $10 or more, you get a shout out. And also, I believe I'm going to do an AMA, maybe tomorrow. My tomorrow's kind of wide opes. So I got a thing to do, but maybe we'll go live at one for the patrons and the members. Um, so stay tuned to that. Uh, I don't know how I would go. We'll figure it out. But I think tomorrow I might do an AMA or just talk about some books behind me. What do you guys want to do? Send me questions. Bitiation at gmail.com. Send me uh, questions in the Patreon. Uh, it's been a long, long ass time. So send me anything. It might just be, I might just, whatever. We'll just shoot the shit. Uh, but with that, fart song, baby. Over on Twitch. Give me a second. Thank you so much. First of all, thanks to the serfs for raiding this little party. Thank you, Flash Gordon, for resubscribing with Prime three months strong, saying, woo, Squish Maladrugging gave out a community sub. You're so sweet. Sin 3 Cal, subscribe with Prime. Thank you so much. Omega Shenron Dragon, also resubscribe for one month at Tier 1, four months strong. Says sub so I can rewatch the bonus fish every week and listen to it while I walk. Also, is a little one walking, so it begins. The time will zoom by from here on. Guys, the baby's walking. As of this week, she just started. She's 16 months and she's walking and it's so cute. And she goes, whack, 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 whack. And uh, and then she'll fall down. So she's about to eat a lot of shit is what I'm about to say, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yes, it all feels like she's a big girl. Um, I love you all. I also love uh, Paige Omek, our producer, Andy Vasoyan, our editor, and Maximilian Inhoff. Uh, who helps this show run 
And remember, we stream Tuesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, follow the show on all the things. Uh, I promise I'll post at some point. Uh, TikTok and Instagram at Habituation Room. <coughs> Twitter at Habituation Pod. And uh, until next time, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, free Palestine, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. See ya. Thank you.